Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 359, featuring my long-lost friend, Peter Baustetter, who is a VFX art director over in New Zealand. He is now, I think he's been a Kiwi for quite a while, actually. Uh, he and I worked at Digital Domain for quite a while, uh, actually not a while ago, shall we say. We were both on Day After Tomorrow, but we talk a little bit about that. But he has a fantastic and interesting past and a fantastic and interesting future as well. Kristen, what do you think about Peter? And uh, yeah, what do you think of this podcast? Yeah, this is a great one. Like his background is amazing and he's like an amazing matte painter, Um, Mm -hmm. but he's kind of had a wild ride with his career um, and actually moving to America is what kind of changed the game. I think he said he was an intern starting off at DD and kind Mm -hmm. of like bounced around there and then moved along to Square Hawaii and then Weta. So he's been all over the world and now he's Mm -hmm. back in New Zealand um, and worked on like Fifth Element, Titanic, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and then you guys met on Day After Tomorrow. Um, But yeah, he just, the entire podcast, you just kind of get a lot of great information. And I saw that he has a VES award for outstanding matte painting in a feature motion uh, picture for Avatar. So... Yeah. Yep, he does. And awesome. we actually talk about Avatar and how it was done and the, and sort of the, you know, how they didn't really want to do matte paintings for Avatar. They want to be everything in CG. And then they at the end, they're like, well, maybe we need a couple of matte paintings here <laughs> and there. But it was kind of interesting uh, to, to do that. I mean, like you said, Peter is a very fascinating person. Uh, I knew him as, you know, a lead matte painter, definitely at the ED, and he was a great guy there. Uh, he's now actually become a VFX art director, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, he's doing a lot of interesting things, figuring out how to, you know, how to sort of art direct VFX. And he's working on a major, uh, a major project over at Amazon Studios right now, which is kind of interesting as well. He couldn't quite tell us as much, but I think, uh, I think we'll, you guys will figure out some of the cool stuff that he's doing. So very interesting. Very excited to talk to Peter, and it was really great catching up with him. And uh, yeah, so so thank you so much, Peter Bauchstetter, for being on. All right, so we don't have any real announcements. There's one big news thing, item that we want to talk about, and that is that we are. I know that a lot of people have been asking questions about the recent merger that Chaos is going with uh, with uh, with Enscape, and we are going to basically try to try to get a podcast on this. So Chris and I have been working hard scheduling the appropriate people, but as you can imagine, it, when two companies are trying to figure out how the merger is working, uh, their time becomes limited. So so we are trying to find the best slot of time to record it, and we will try to release that podcast episode as soon as possible to help answer any of those questions. If you guys have specific questions that you guys want to ask about the the merger, or you want to you need to ask those, please let us know. So, uh, and if people want to do that, Kristen, how can they get in touch with us? All right, a few ways. So you can go to facebook.com slash cg garage podcast. You can go to chaos.com slash cg garage. Um, and if you'd like to watch us, you can go to youtube.com slash chaos group TV and the email, if you want to say it, is <laughs> labs at chaosgroup.com. Don't forget to email us there. If you want to just do a direct question to us, that's a re- great way to reach us. Again, that's labs at chaosgroup.com. And while you're there and you're on, you've got your browser open or your whatever you're listening to this podcast, make sure and give us a rating and a review. And if you're on Apple podcast, we'd appreciate one there and make sure and share us with all of your friends. But for now, Please enjoy episode number 359 with Peter Baustetter. Welcome to another CG Garage, where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. 
Global illumination won't lead you astray And while image-based lighting is really swell You need to make sure everything has for now How you been? <laughs> good, good. It's been a while, huh? So I Almost think it's been, 20 years? <laughs> I think it's been exactly 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, because uh-huh. I think last week Cross Paths was on day after tomorrow, if I remember correctly. Yep. <laughs> so that was 20, yeah, I guess 2002 was, I guess, yeah. So it was, yeah. I think so it was 2003 go. because 2002 I was in New Zealand for, for two towers. And then oh, I came, right. Came, came back and um, went on that crazy ride. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. So uh, we're going to dissect your, your, your amazing history and the things you've done. But uh, let's start with some, uh, some of the backstory and find out there. So what, what got you interested in films and doing the kind of things that you do? And, uh, you know, because I've known you as a mad painter. That's what I was known you as when, I, when you run Day After Tomorrow. Again, that was 20 years ago. So a lot's changed between now and then, which we'll get to that. But I want to see the journey that, <laughs> that, that led from where you were in the past to where we met. And then we can go from that, that point forward. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I was, I never thought it would end up in film, you know, like, like, like many of us, I guess, uh, it somehow happens. I remember reading, reading the credits, especially the visual effects credits for some reason, uh, you know, in the VHS days when we were all watching aliens for the 27th time and whatever else. And I'd never imagined, uh, actually meeting some of those people whose whose names I, I, I read. Uh, mm-hmm. Much much later, um, but I come mostly, I guess, from computer graphics. That's that that was the the the, the fueling interest was just, um, yeah, being being able to do computer graphics. Um, you know, being also growing up in the eighties, more or less, yeah. um, like probably you're the same generation, like first generation home computer and all that. So I yep. I grew up with my first machine was a Vic twenty. Um, uh-huh. With 3.8 kilobytes uh, of of RAM, which is as long as a an angry email, I guess. Yeah. And and then I got a Commodore 64. And oh yeah. With with that first, you know, like everybody I played games, but I remember being sick one day at home, and uh, I seen this paint program. I'm like, well, I got nothing to do. I uh, check that out. So I had my little black and white television next to the bed, and and the machine propped up just also on the chair and with the joystick i was i was i was painting and that was for me the the moment i'm like i can paint on the television i can paint with light it's amazing and i mean i'd, I'd always been drawing and, and 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 all that but for me being able to to create a self-illuminated image so to say was 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 amazing and uh I also remember I used a black and white television, really like an orange 70s television that was my small television I had right. to, to paint on there. And, and later on, I, I looked at the big color television, what I had painted. And I remember I had just used grayscale, the grayscale values of all the colors. So when I looked at it in color, it was completely messed up because I used, you know, red and green as different grayscales. So it turned out a mess. But that was the start. And there was no stopping then. There was a... Uh, um, 
So this had to be what 1984 or five? No, it's a little bit later. I got my Victorian in '84, and 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 then um, got my '64 in in '85. So yeah, was it was '85? <clears throat> okay, it took me a while to nag my parents enough to make this considerable investment. <laughs> what, yeah, and where were you at the time? Austria. So in I'm, Austria. I'm 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 an Austrian. And uh, <laughs> have now been away from from Austria for more than half my life. But anyway, yeah. there was in Austria and 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 Austria and Germany and all that there was quite uh, Commodore sixty four heavy, mm -hmm. and 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 later on then it that led me straight to the Amiga, which is also a machine that that our generation was was really influential. So mm -hmm. I I made one game on the sixty four that I when I was like fifteen that I sold with a friend and we sold. Um, we said we're gonna make money. We're gonna not gonna sell it for fixed price, but we want to be cutting in the profits. And it sold like four times. <laughs> okay. So we we didn't really get rich, but it was a great experience, and that led into the, the Amiga. And uh, there was a a a movement in 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 Europe at that time, which was called uh, the cracker scene. You know, where people would crack software that then developed oh, yeah. in, into the so-called demo scene. And right. I was right. I was I was right in there. That that was me and my friends, and and there was there were a few modems, but phones in Austria were so expensive that if I would have hooked up a modem, my my mom would have made me live in the forest. Um, right. And so we sent everything by mail. So uh, every week, my mailbox would be you know chocker full with with envelopes filled with three and a half inch floppies. And that's how we exchanged, you know, those demos. And I, what I did, well, I, ex I did explain the demo scene because the demo scene is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> I think it's fascinating, and it was definitely big back then. But explain to people what a demo was at that time. Yeah, it it developed fairly. I think it was in, in Germany and then also Scandinavia. But basically, the first crackers in Europe showed up in Germany and. <laughs> What they did is they removed the copy production from games, and in order to put their graffiti and their signature on, like, haha, I removed this, they made what were called little intros, like, cracked by GCS, German cracking service. Right. And over time, those intros became more and more elaborate because not only were the crackers, they were also really capable coders. And right. there was. In one time, that intro split off from being in front of a cracked program, but became a standalone um, demonstration of skills, and that really went big on the Amiga. Then, so I did yeah. graphics, and I always worked with a coder. I, I can't, I can't code, of course, but um, I knew enough back then to to have them not get angry when I made my graphics 35 pixels wide instead of 32. And yeah, and all that stuff. But they and still have those 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 demo guys still are working like now. They have the like the sixty four k challenge and the what like how much they can do in sixty four k of memory or whatever. Yeah, know? there's actually four kilobyte um, yeah. challenges too, and it's amazing what they. I mean, that's those guys are aliens. Um, <laughs> what they can can pack into four kilobytes, um, and and yeah, those those demos are still around. They uh -huh. are. You know, I, I think what made it interesting were the restrictions of the machines back then. And, and I've always been very um, um, tickled by that, too. It's like, 
when I switched from the Commodore 64 to the to the Amiga, I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting 32 colors out of 4096 instead of you know uh, three out of 16. Right. Um, which now is is completely irrelevant. That's why there there are those artificial barriers like four kilobyte and and sixty four right. kilobytes. There are also graphics computations, which says right. like you can use a total of five hundred twelve pixels in whatever aspect ratio, <laughs> and right. and stuff like that. So um and and also pixel graphics, kind of uh, had a renaissance, I guess. And I, I'm I'm still doing it my, myself. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, when I'm away for a job and all that, I sometimes pack an Amiga with me, and and in a hotel room or whatever, it's it's very, uh, uh, it's a good meditation. And wow, you and still have an Amiga that you work with, huh? <laughs> I have my original 2000 that my dad, bless him, sent from Austria. And what after 30 years, um, I just checked it because there are batteries in there that were buffering the real time clock that after 15 years start leaking and ruined many computers so i was lucky mine leaked but i could clean it up turn it on you know my boot money came up the 42 megabyte hard drive still worked and and i saw that as like last i think 1992 i had i had made my own little little boot menu with my tools and it still runs and then i i Started collecting stuff too, so I've got a Vic Twenty again. You know, I'm getting that age now. Instead well, I see the Moog behind you. Is that are those a couple of Moogs behind you? Oh, that's those are. Let's see here. Those are Cork MS Twenty and MS Ten. They are like semi-modular uh, yep. synthesizers. Yeah, also I'm a real child of the eighties. So I I yep. sell synthesizers. If you look a little bit further, you know that's I where the whole Mac. I see the, ca- the yeah. Commodore. <laughs> and, exactly. So there you go. <laughs> quickly, quickly pulling my pants down here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my geek pants. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's that, that's where I kind of um, really got into. I mean, I was obsessed, like we all were. I guess the, our generation of 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 getting into this business. Um, we just couldn't help each other, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and and um, that was really my mission. So I was in that European demo scene and made logos and and traveled to copy parties up in in Sweden the, that far away. And then there are still people that are my friends to this day. And and you know now with Facebook, their community is reuniting and uh-huh. and and various um, eight bit veterans clubs that sprung up. <laughs> And yeah, so it's it's for me that was a, a a really important and informative time. Of course, completely wild ground. You know, it just the also the Amiga was such a great machine that that kind of spoke to me. It's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do graphics? Do you right. want to do music? And and it was a a creative Hoover in a way that that I willingly jumped right into. And after that time, I. Uh, I always was also motivated by new hardware with new capabilities in a way. So I didn't really um, stick with games. If I had, I guess I would be a multiple millionaire these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I went and uh, worked at a company in Austria that had a... First, I had a video post-production um, to just uh, get into this. And I remember I worked on a Quantel video paint box from mm-hmm. 1982 that was like as big as a fridge every mm-hmm. time you did a cutout just in video resolution you heard the hard drive go tuk, 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 and save out that little cutout and it had a huge wacom 
um, cable pan um, graphics tablet. It was pressure sensitive, right. not that great, but it was all there. And yep. uh, you could save out stuff on eight inch floppy or yep. what we did, we did our backups on, on pneumatic tape just right. on, as, a, as a tape backup. And then I fairly quickly switched to the neighboring company, which uh, was called Vienna Paint. They were one of the few companies that had a Guantel graphic paint box running, or two actually, which were mm-hmm. hardware behemoths, like also two massive fridges, um, mm-hmm. one filled with, with print boards, like it's an airbrush processor on one whole more than LP sized um, um, print board. And, and the other one was hard drives. I think we almost had a gigabyte. I think it was like 800 megabytes of, of it was split and, and there was a hard drive array of about 800 megs. And it had a Sony high definition monitor attached to it that was deeper as it was wide. But I remember when it had an amazing image. That was uh, an enormous and and brilliant piece of 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 kit. And there was a whole drawer you could pull out, and the technician would align the grill to the magnetic field of the Earth because it was so big. You would get color hits otherwise. So, um, and that was my my first real professional foray. And I'm I'm still thankful to my bosses back then, um, Andreas and Albert. Um, they worked on an in- international standard back then, so we did, um, it was mostly advertising, but we did a, a swatch campaign, we did Audi, it's really big stuff. And, right. and they were insane enough to, or no, I should say it like this, they were generous enough to take little insane 21-year-old me on and, and had me work, but I guess my enthusiasm just kicked their doors open and... and they really showed me the ropes in a way of what it means to work in a production workflow. And, and you know, when I did well, I got a pat. And if I messed up, I get a kick in the behind. And that's that's what I needed. I'm, I'm still friends with both of them and, and um, really thankful that they gave me the chance. Yeah. And, yeah, that's uh, amazing. And that's, you're, you're always thankful to those guys, right? Because those are the ones that sort of got you got you to where you are and so you always have to think back to those times yeah yeah and also you know looking back when i look at my my 21 year old self and like uh, how can i say i was uh not insane but i was just so exuberant and 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 overly enthusiastic i don't know what i would do with yeah. myself so i'm like thanks guys it was i'm sure it was a uh, um Sometimes difficult, but yeah. yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> yep, you were very enthusiastic. Well, you still are. I remember when you back in two thousand. So, oh, but yeah. okay, yeah. all right. So, 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 so you were you were still you were, as this was in Vienna. I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd moved to Vienna and yeah. uh, worked there, and and then we can go on. That I had to go to the army because the army is compulsory, in right. in Austria still is and and um. So it kind of took me out of that job, and and I was, was I twenty two, twenty three when 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 that happened. So I couldn't mm-hmm. push it push it any further. If if there's like no way to weasel it out, and why would you? If it's compulsory, everybody does it. Right. And um, I, while I was still in it, uh, that was eight months, and uh, while I was finishing up, I asked again if I could join, and. It was a bit of shift in business, and they said, well, not really right now. So I was like, well, what, what would I do? 
And my dad was a, a journalist for a daily newspaper. And um, one of his colleagues um, was good friends with, with, with Arnold. And um, I, for some reason, I kind of made the connection because I, I had read about Digital Domain. I'm like, hmm, okay, so Stan Winston owns a part of this and I know that that actually Werner our friend knows Stan because mm. um, Arnold and Stan were I think quite close and right. um, in my youthful uh, enthusiasm again I just said well maybe you know there's I, I put my portfolio in an envelope and and said I, I Werner was going to the States again for the premiere of I think it was junior and um, I said, if you can, just maybe you can leave my portfolio at stands. He's like, Peter, um, I'll do that. No, no, no worries. So you gave your portfolio to Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, to give no, it to, to Stan. No, 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 to, <laughs> no, to our to, to our friend who also knows Stan. But that's that's the connection. Yeah, that's through, through okay. Arnold, he, he knew Stan, and he said, no, when I'm there for for the premiere, leave it with Stan, and and or with his office, you know, not with right. Stan. Sure. And, um, and I mean, long shots, crazy. Yeah, that's like, sure. But why not? Uh, I I exactly. That, and, and so he flew away and I was still in the army. And then, then he came back and said, you know, Stan wasn't there, but his assistant, Barbara promised he would look at it. I'm like, well, that's already, you know, that's one was one of the names I read in those credits. Right. That they actually will look at my stuff. It's amazing. Right. And. Then I waited and waited, and I, my mom called me a couple of weeks later and said, Peter, there's a fax, you know, the, you remember those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a fax. From America. Nice. And uh, it was actually this long, and it says, Dear Peter, um, um, this is Digital Main. It was actually from Scott, Scott Ross. Uh, and said, nice. Uh, Sorry, Stan sent us your portfolio, and, and really nice, and, and basically... It, Long writing short, if you pay for everything yourself, you can become an intern. Um, best regards, Scott Ross. And um, I sold everything. <laughs> okay. I, um, with the little things I have, you know, my, my Macintosh back then and whatever, I right. completely um, liquidated my existence. And, and um, in January, I think January 13th, 1995, I think I arrived in Los Angeles, never having been uh, in the United States whatsoever. I just, I just went there. Right. And uh, then I was at the airport and, and, and uh, another friend of my dad's, uh, another Austrian, he, he lived over there. And, and, and I'm really, I was really, um, my path, especially in the early days, has been accompanied by really generous people and then he just took me under his wings and I said no you stay at my apartment and then we'll find you one and uh, I found an apartment just upstairs so that was all easy and I started becoming an intern and I remember I scouted out DD before I actually um, started and looked in and they really there were some monitors and <laughs> from the mm -hmm. outside you know just on 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 rows yeah um, I looked in and there were no was no fence back there you know and, and those right. metal louvers were open and 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 then i i um i think i was on the 15th i was just boom there and and still jet lagged um was there and i don't know you remember laurie dreischmeyer 
Yeah. She, yeah, she was basically the first person I, I met at DD and said, uh, make your login here and all this and, and signed me in. And then she said, oh, let's see where they are. So um, somebody said, oh, they're in the screening room. So we went across the parking lot to the little bunker, you know. Mm -hmm. yep. And I remember I was walking in. It was completely pitch black. And from, from the sun, I couldn't see anything. And I somehow ended up looking at the screen and... There was they were working on Apollo thirteen and on the stage separation. It was Caleb Howard's big separation flames, and that was the first thing I saw on the screen. And it was like, I'm here. <laughs> I have arrived. That was a, a really a really cool moment. Um, yeah. And uh, that that was my start. That's so, amazing. Uh, then the 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 the, the lights went up and. Uh, Karen was there, and she's like, "So, what can you do?" And right. uh, and I uh, got strapped in and, and started working on Apollo. Yeah. Nice, nice. And and you started as a matte painter. Is that what you were doing, or? Not really. Not 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 yeah. really. I mostly I I did everything, which was so great back in the days too. Um, mm -hmm. um, now it's the return of the generalist, you know. But back oh, then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody was a generalist, you know. They were all because. Everybody's interests, I guess, were so wide, and right. and um, that that I started, I knew how to scan because the the the, the job at Vienna Vienna Pan was a print job, so I had a quite a bit of experience working scanning gear and all that. I remember mm -hmm. scanning this nice six by seven prints of the moon that had a resolution for back then. I scanned them in four K, and there was mm -hmm. still detail in there, and retouched those. So I did a bit of everything and. Uh, mm -hmm. Did a bit of roto that you know just just worked my way in because mm -hmm. i didn't even really oh well, i knew about matte painting i guess but for me i just i i, do, I paint pictures you know that mm -hmm. kind of was what i uh what i came with and i also wanted to say that back then it was quite different than now in in as that everybody that congregated in Los Angeles that was the only place to do high-end computer graphics, I guess. You know, some people might beg to differ, but if you really wanted to go all the way, there was in the mid-90s, there was Los Angeles, especially for features. So it made for really... It's still, I mean, that was the spirit of DD that you also experienced of, of people that uh, were of a certain attitude and, and passion and, 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 and we all kind of met there. Which was amazing, and then also joined by um, people like Price Bethel, you know, like mm -hmm. the, really the the people that they in, laid the floor that we were working on, or not laid the floor, but invented the floor. I should say mm -hmm. it like this. That's more, and uh, and several other people. So um, yeah, I I didn't even realize what I had walked into back then. I was just right. So like, oh yeah, I'll do stuff that uh, I had no idea how important that actually was or how foundational, you know? Right. And I was a tiny little speck that the wind had blown in there. So, right. um, but I mean, 1995, that's, that was still the early days of, 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 of DD, right? It so. was, I, I was like to think of it, it was the end of the pioneer days in a way and, and the beginning of, of um how would you say that like 
commercial computer graphics in a way where it was right. not so much an exploration anymore but still i mean it's always an exploration but not like sure oh, i'm not sure if this is gonna work you know and right, let's right. just uh plug this in and 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 try to write some code on that machine i think it was just the end of that there was still a, a custom codes and all uh coding and all that but it it turned commercial in a way but but i still sure. got i guess the the last breeze of those pioneer days and uh yeah quite exciting also to to um, there were a lot of people with traditional backgrounds still, you know, in that transitional time, and mm-hmm. film outs and and I remember for for Apollo, it was uh, Chris. He was a uh, VFX camera guy. I forgot his last name. He, everybody was also super generous to curious me, and I would just pop uh-huh. up and ask, and they're like, "Yeah, I know this is a matte box," and because we can't really get the 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 um, rocket fire to glow. In the machine, so what they did is they, they built a real photography box where they had a monitor on one side and a camera on the other side, and they would put some promised filters in between and film that, scan it, and then you know, Brian Grill or whoever would carefully, or I think it was Brian Grill or Pablo Helmet, yeah. would carefully, you know, kiss the glow on top, and it looked like a million bucks. Yeah, and yep. and a lot of miniature work too, you know, yeah. just just with with Mr. Legato, yeah. And, um all spun up with with eric nash because yeah. uh camera that was amazing I remember did you work they, did you work on titanic too as well yes yeah yeah okay yeah. i remember when they when they did the the the, the start of the apollo or center five engines uh-huh. um it was shot in high speed i think they shot at 240 frames per second right and um in slow motion, it looked great, you know, but in real time, it was like, woof. Uh, <laughs> right. a, 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 a big, slow explosion, and it set off all the car alarms on, what was it, on third, I think? Was that uh-huh. speed going across? Just because of all the air that thing moved, you know, just all the cars went off. Yeah, you did that in miniature, right? So, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, also, I loved walking across the parking lot at DD, and you'd look down and you see all the holes from... Um, from the rigging they just hammered in, in, in the parking lot there when we yeah. also worked on Dante's Peak, you know. Yeah. And I think we we, we burned stuff, so you had burn stands on it and and there was um chain reaction. It was this yeah. hydrogen explosion um that a tr- picks up a truck and had a big gantry in, in the parking lot where they dropped the trank uh the, the truck um towards camera, you know, and that was a huge setup and and uh, so that was for me was super exciting as, as, um, little Austrian, yeah. um, fresh off the boat to see all this. I remember yeah. one time uh, they were also they shot an explosion in the tunnel for for chain reaction, and they actually were so nice and to walk through a digital building. It's like we're gonna shoot this. You want to watch? You know, and went in yep. and it's like okay, if there's a fire, run out this way. You know, <laughs> and here earplugs and. And if not going, nobody moved. We are like, okay, it was all exciting. And we yep. couldn't, there was just a tunnel miniature and the camera was inside. So they said, like, okay, it's like, go hot. And camera rolls, here it spin up and then mm-hmm. action. And something just, I think inside fell over like, and nothing happened. <laughs> it right. just didn't go off. And they had to reset for a whole day and then it worked right. and it looked fantastic. And also yeah. the, mini, the, the miniature shop, you know. Oh, this yeah. Was, 
Oh, so there were some really, especially for Apollo and also for all the other shows, there was yep. such great people in there and also so generous. You, know, you could walk in there and, and, and get like, hey, what are you doing? And they'd, yep. they'd tell you, and they were, those were the people, once again, whose names are read in those credits. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I consider myself really lucky to have arrived that early and to have arrived at all. So you know, it's funny. What's funny, Peter, is that the way you describing things is very much the way that it was for me, except that I was the younger guy, you know, in 2001 or whatever. And you were the experienced guy who was showing me around and telling me all this <laughs> stuff. You know, it's kind of funny that you did the same thing for me when I was at that, you know, so around 2001, 2002, uh, 2002 is when I started, I think, at DD. And I was and you were like, yeah, you know, you were the one who were taking me to the model shop and showing me the stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. I, I, I love doing this because it was was uh, such a great experience for me, too. And to, you know, yeah. and, and that's something you really don't see often. and yeah. don't see anymore now. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was uh, passing this, uh Paying it forward in a way, or passing this on, yeah, as, yeah. as long as we could. Did we That's do sure. Time Machine then? Oh, yeah, so Time Machine was machine. just before I got there, so I started on day after tomorrow. So really, because I thought we did we did the powers of ten shot in Time Machine, because you yeah. were the person, my architect friend, that explained <laughs> the the term parapet to me. So whenever oh right, I, well that's I, because we were doing the buildings on day after tomorrow, and I had to do all the parapets and stuff. Like really, that. who did yeah. I? I for me, I, th I thought it was you. I worked with. It was Eric Hansen. Was, was Eric Hansen there? Yes, oh, yes, maybe. of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great guy, man. Um, <laughs> so to, to to quickly finish off, so I, yeah. I I I came with Apollo thirteen and stayed till uh, till Titanic. Yeah. So in in between, I got uh, got to work a little bit with Mark Stetson on. I'm not wasn't credited, but on Fifth Element. Yep. Which I really have to say. Mark was also so generous and is so great to work with. That's for yeah. the first time I really realized um, maybe just from the artist side, but what, what makes a good supervisor and, and you know, um, how he explained things and, and, and how he laid out the, the, the whole environment for you that you could then answer your own questions. So he didn't say, right. we want the screen and all this. He's like, you know, the reason why this looks is because those people have been here for 200 years and this and, and told you all the stories. So that's something that I try to do now when, 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 when I explain things to my artists, give context to get so much more back. And, yeah. and just Mark really, maybe it took me a while to realize it, but he was just generous with, with, with his time and, 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 and really... Also, I, I, I did the concept um, looking out of Zorg's office. Um, you know, the, the, in the fifth element, the, the, the O is like the round window, and there's a yeah. U out um, to center box. So that I, I, was, I was doing that, which was uh -huh. also very exciting. And then I did Dante's, Dante's Peak, um, yeah. which I still, I'm. The volcanic knowledge I acquired there, I'm still using quite yep. often, actually, and yeah. uh, that was quite exciting. And 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 then we did we did Titanic, and I, yeah. I did a bunch of skies. That was my first real matte painting, kind of, where I think I was credited as a as a matte painter. As a matte painter, yeah. yeah. And awesome. uh, I think Charles Darby was there also as a fellow matte painter, and of course Snow Mac. Um, yeah. 
the incredible snowmack yep she's and, great and um did that yeah so that was was kevin working on titanic too i guess kevin was too right no i think it did they do dr moreau oh he was or, doing dr moreau yes he, he was, was already, definitely he was definitely doing dr moreau because i've heard his stories and they're hilarious <laughs> it was yeah just uh yeah i also should mention immediately should mention kevin um is also one of the key people that that really was so so generous yeah. and with his knowledge and and time and and you know also back in the day we worked hard and we parted hard so there was mm -hmm. Uh, the whole group was was great, you know. There was yeah. uh, also Teal, uh, Matthew yep. Butler, you know, and John Court and and yep. Alfred Urudia and 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 uh, many many other people who I my my tired brain can can tickle sure. can tickle out of right now. But it was it was really a very a very tight tight knit group and 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 a lovely way of of working when i came for paul there were only 40 people on the digital side that was it wow yeah it was a wow. big flame room and and then us spread out and that was that's it. amazing yeah. okay so so uh so you went to orphanage after dd is that you went to you went to you went to weta for a little bit to work on two towers is that correct yeah um quickly to to insert this uh after Titanic, I went to work on uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Oh, uh, in, right. In Hawaii, yeah. Uh, at Square with... Uh, at with, Square, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, John, uh, what's his name, uh, was up there. Uh, um, uh, who was there? Um, I'm blanking. But anyway, you were, you were in Hawaii. How was Hawaii? <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I was only there for two years. I kind of left um, yeah. uh, a bit early. That's one of the few shows I, I i left early but it was okay. it was just some some personal things and and, sure. and uh but hawaii was amazing it was right. just i mean i remember sitting at the beach with also my my friend neville spiteri was with was with us and steve galley if you remember him yeah steve galley yeah andy jones is who i was thinking of was andy jones there? yeah yeah yes Andy came in and yeah. straightened everything out <laughs> uh -huh. yep and uh just laying there on the beach and it was like 26 i'm like what am i doing here if, if somebody yeah. would have told me four years ago that i'd be in hawaii you know like living and working i wouldn't have believed them yeah so uh yeah that was that was a quite quite challenging project um mm -hmm. but also quite pioneering you know i mean mm -hmm. it it takes it takes people like like uh sakaguchi san with the willingness and 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 ambition to do things like that whereas they might not be how can i say you know the big hit that everybody hoped it would be or but from a a trailblazing point of view that was absolutely pivotal once again yeah um, so that was that was quite the adventure um i i will never forget my time there and also um also great people and 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 um yeah it was it was quite amazing it's, uh, yeah the servers had the nicest view of honolulu by the way <laughs> they were out on the 29th floor um right. because they had no other um they had no other place to to put them because i mean they, it was just square the ambition but also no experience of at sure. first you know so they they just uh Build it as, as as we went along. I remember there was a really nice office building in 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 at the harbor side in downtown Honolulu, and it was the most modern building that they got. And we're 
up on the top floors. And once it brought in the service, there was quite a power pull. You know, we're still Silicon Graphics service. Right. But um, the building was almost not made to, to deliver that much power. Yep. So we were working away at noon and all of a sudden, bam, everything went black. And we were running around and, and just didn't know what happened. And uh, get the power up, up and running again um, after like two hours. And all good. Next day at noon again, bam, power went out. The search was so hard that, you know, in a big building, um, they don't deliver the power by, by cable. They have big copper rails going up and down the right. building. And it was, right. they were melting out of the span of the building. Just they, wow. they, 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 they were desperate. They didn't know what, what happened. And it was so... I think it was only two power outages, but they eventually they figured out that one of the Japanese artists has brought a little cooking plate with them. Oh no! <laughs> and and every day at noon he he warmed up whatever because you know that's why go out for lunch if you can just eat at your desk and just yeah. melted the copper out of the. Wow. So uh, that's great. <laughs> that's how close you guys were to the maximum power to one plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they literally, was, uh... <laughs> literally the straw on the camel's back. I mean, it's kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were using also just to Maya version zero point nine six or something like that. Right, it right. Just yep, yep. it had just rolled in. Mm -hmm. So, um. Yeah, and, and then I came back in, in 99 and I joined Station X Studios. I don't know if you know those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was Andy, Andy Lesniak and, and all yep. the other um, Lightwave guys that started at DD. Yep. And also a great bunch of people. And yeah, really was... Andy Mac was there too, I think, right? Is that Was he part of Station X? Maybe for a tiny bit, but I don't remember his presence, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah. So I couldn't couldn't exactly say but uh yeah it was sad to to and mark glazer was there it was part of station mark glazer was there um yeah. the only person that stayed behind i guess was eric barber of that group and then you yeah. know went then to forge his own path mm -hmm. there good on him yeah and, and i worked so for i worked for mark glazer because i went to work for sway mm -hmm. after that which was mark glazer's company so all right <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 mark's a great guy he uh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so 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 you were at Station X for a little bit. What were you working on sta at Station X? Um, most of the, the, a lot of commercials, I guess, and and uh -huh. and, and um, we did the intro for Mac Warrior Three, which was a lot of fun because it was a uh, many services uh, first directorial uh, debut. So to say, do you know many many service? No, he's also um, a a well a multi-talent a designer animator okay. director and he he does his own he did an animated movie many forgive me for not knowing the title um mm -hmm. and now he's he's done a live action project and uh he um was the driving force behind that and we also shot some we got some helicopter cockpits and and helmets and and shot the the pilots live action and and i helped designing a bit of the environments and all that um right and that was good fun. And we also did the last shot of Deep Space Nine, I remember, ever, mm -hmm. for the finale. I painted a little nebula, and uh, Manny did a nice CG DS9. Mm -hmm. And 
So it was a uh, it was a company run by artists. Um, that's yep. I think why it wasn't around for long. With all yep. due respect, they were all great people. Really, cream, cream of the crop. Um, yep. And uh, as long as it lasted, it was was it was a really a nice time there. And and then I came to the E, and I think that's kind of where we then started intersecting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. And then and then you you ended up at the orphanage for a little bit, I think. And then you uh, at some point you end up you ended up back at Weta, right? So how how did you end up back in New Zealand? Yeah. What I, what I did is I think I went. DD, and then I went down for two towers, six months in New Zealand in 2002, yeah. which I'm like, oh, this is nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a great experience. So, and then I came back for, for day after tomorrow, and once um, um, that um, kind of yeah, it was a difficult show. We all know. I mean, that oh, yeah. that that could feel like two episodes, whatever. Happened. Oh, it already has. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, so um. Um, I, I shall not deliver too much, but basically I, I decided to, to, to leave DD at that point and uh, kind of almost could say that they in the crates with the shots that went to the orphanage, they shoved me in there too and right. shipped me to, to uh, San Francisco. And the orphanage actually was a really great place. It was a, a, a matte painter's place. You know, it was the mm-hmm. old Rebel Mac group that came from ILM. Yep. And Stu, Stu Mashiewicz and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, God, what, uh, all the other founders, all, they had a mm-hmm. great sense how to use matte paintings. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, um, it was a really nice time. And I also got to, to meet for the first time, uh, Michael Pangrazio, who, mm-hmm. who, the, you know, I'd always followed, of course, as an, as an aspiring matte painter. And, uh, right. I remember um, my mat painting soup. We all went to lunch, and there were a couple of other people and all that. And I sat next to this old bearded guy. Sorry <laughs> to call yeah. him like that. And uh, he told. Also, Jet Green was there. I don't know if you know Carolyn Green. Uh, yeah. Also super talented and, and lovely mat painter. Mm-hmm. And I knew who she was, but the, this guy kept talking to her. And then, and then after he came back, my student said, "Did you introduce yourself to to Mike?" I'm like. Mike, it's like was sitting next to you. I'm like, oh, so, um, my, I've I'd been sitting next to Mike from Grasso, who I always wanted to meet without even noticing. Right. Of course, that's that's very me. Yeah. Um, and it was he'd only been back in 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 business, I think, for seven months. Okay. Because you know there was a time where he left Metaword Digital and then did his own thing and right. then came back. Brian Flora brought him back uh, okay. because they had worked together before, and. He was already working with Photoshop in a way that I didn't understand. Um, right. Very loose and very like his paintings, but he, he understood how to use Photoshop um, like a paintbrush more than, than, than I ever could hope to explore. And, right. and I learned quite a bit from him. And uh, after I finished up with, with uh, Day After Tomorrow, what did I do? It's all a blur. I went a little bit freelance. I spent some time at Electronic Arts. Okay. To, but only four months. And I, I kind of realized it wasn't really for me. That's, sure. It wasn't. Um, I liked uh, the games in the pioneering days, but this this was a bit different. And, and um, at least at that time, I, I didn't really um, 
gel with it, I guess. Sure. And 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 then they the orphanage called me back and and I I I worked on Sin City, which was also great. And oh, nice. That's where I got to work with Mike quite a bit, and you know we did little tabletop miniatures. We brought out the baking soda because there's yep. a sequence where there's snow, and sprayed it with sugar water, and took a little brush and made footsteps, and and shot our our, our plates there, which was really nice. And um, Mike said, "So you, what are you gonna do next?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna go down to to New Zealand again because uh, they called me for for King Kong because they're remaking King Kong." He's like, "Really?" Mm. Mm. New Zealand, interesting, he said, and uh, mm-hmm. he he arrived in New Zealand, I think, two months after I did. So it's a, it's a bit my fault, I guess, that he came down here and 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 uh, he stayed at Weta the whole time. I think he retired two years ago. Oh wow! And I, as far as I know, he lives now in Australia, just okay at the beach and enjoys his uh, his retirement. Yeah, nice and uh, nice. But you've been at New Zealand since then, right? Yeah. I, so, I, so you've been there, what, 15 plus years now? <laughs> I came November 2004. What is that now? Math. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So um, for... So 20 years. <laughs> Almost 20 well, years. Well, no, eight, eight, uh, we're going up to, to 18 years. Yeah. 18 years. So yeah. It's, wow. 17 and a bit. Yeah, it went quicker. Yeah, I came down here and I, I, I loved working at Weta. And... Uh-huh. Uh, King Kong was great. I, I also got to work with Mike, and and we we did basically the paintings for Skull Island. He mm-hmm. did he did all the hero paintings, and I kind of <laughs> I also helped him clean up his stuff, and I also did my own paintings too, which was sure. a, a great experience. It was it was really really nice, and nice. Um, stayed then. And yeah, New Zealand for me is has been home ever since. I, I love it here. It's right, a, it's a great country, and. Um, it's with with weather here, you know. You get to work on on really on leading edge stuff. Yeah. And uh, I got to work on on King Kong, and then we did Avatar. Yeah. It's funny. I still I I watched a bunch of your podcasts uh, over the time. And well, somebody mentioned the T-shirt from 1997, the first Avatar T-shirt. <laughs> uh, was it? God, um, it was a virtual production podcast. Anyway, very interesting. And he said, right. "Oh yeah." Um, so I still have the T-shirt too. It was nice to get uh, then finally. Uh, a yeah, because Avatar was floating around DD way back in '97, right? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think Jim wrote the script. It's like, okay, do you want to do CG? Let's see if we can do this. You know, let's let's right. challenge you a little bit. Right. And they they looked at the script and I think the gist of it was it's technically not feasible <laughs> right. yet because the animation capabilities were just not there. We're still working sure. with silicon graphics machines, you know. It was just all that stuff um, was just in the you beginning. And two hundred fifty-six megs of RAM is probably about as much as you had, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was about the standard by then. When I first started, it was ninety-six. Ninety-six megs. hundred megahertz. So, yeah. um, so it was nice to kind of be part of the the conclusion um, yeah. on Avatar, and it was. I mean, they really went in. Feet first. I mean, with with Jim's uh, immaculate preparation, um, sure. And and then Weta, Joe, and and everybody just really taking the challenge head on. And I mean, um, it was funny too because at first we always in the Matt Penny department we were like four or five people. 
Brenton sure. Cotman was there. Um, I don't. Do you know Brenton Cotman? Who is that? Brenton Cotman. He's. Uh, he was a DD for a bit, but it might have been after you. Okay. It was, uh, I think it was the Speed Racer days where where he. Oh was. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a great guy, and a yeah. really really talented guy. And we're like, oh, Avatar. They always told us, no map paintings on Avatars. All gonna be rendered. No map paintings. You guys just. I mean, look at this. This is now the, the. Uh, Matt Painter's view of it. I'm sure there were reasons and all that. Sure. <laughs> but we we're so hungry for those environments. We saw all that beautiful concept arts of floating islands. You know, I mean, if you yeah, wanna, of course, if you if you want to uh, catch a uh, Matt Painter, you put put a floating island in the trap. You know, and you catch five of them. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and so then, but. We're like, yeah, well, do you guys need to help us out a little bit? It was mostly also the the, the, the end battle. Um, and we ended up doing 300 shots, which is unheard of. And uh, sure. Brenton and I kind of developed a, a, a pipeline um, to be able to, to work in stereo, which wasn't that oh, bad. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we did the background. Yeah, we, we never came find the foreground because that was all rendered. And I, I think that's sure. exactly how you sometimes still should do it because you right. want to concentrate your firepower, you know, where where it matters. Yep. And so we, we worked with uh, Vue back then. I don't know. Do you know that yeah, software? Yeah, I do remember here? Vue. Yeah. Um, which was the only software that could do some kind of uh, procedural ecosystem of, you yes. know, placement, placement of objects, basically. So they, sure. They had some trees and, and it gave us what what we needed. So we 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 got the layout geo. We we either did that or kit patched some more stuff on top, uh, build yep. our ecosystem, render that, and then use that as a render basis and then reprojected sure. again um, for the 3D shot, then and rendered it through the through two eyes. It was fairly yeah. simple but effective. And yeah. um yeah, that's that's how we ended up. I, I think I myself did a, did around forty shots, which okay. was uh, that's highlights. Quite a bit. W- yeah, highlights would be uh, the you know the big gas giant that hangs in the sky. Yep. Um, I did that one. Um, I remember too. There was a review, and uh, I I looked at the tape later, and and they also of course in parallel had another studio paint a, a gas giant. They both mm-hmm. had him up on the screen, and Jim went like, mm, "Yeah," mm, went back and forth, and the other one looked pretty good too. And and he's like, "Yeah, I don't like this here, but if I had to go with one right now, I'll go with this one." And it was mm-hmm. mine, you know. I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I did uh, pretty much uh, a lot of those planet shots. Also, where he flies off from that big beast, that big red beast at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's like a sun. I I I did that one. And nice. uh, a couple of other things. So the, the the planet I did a lot, and and also then just battle shots, and it was a really cool team, I have to say, um, that that kind of just dropped in like people because they're like, okay, there there are map paintings on, on Avatar now, so they they poured in the artists, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, there was there was it was it was quite. Quite nice to to be able to rise rise to the occasion. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now you're uh, currently you're you've been doing some work as a, a visual effects art director. So explain a little bit what a visual effects art director is and what 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 kind of stuff you're doing. Yeah, um, 
I quickly can continue the timeline with uh, I, I left by the end of 2010 and 2011. Uh -huh. um, it was kind of, they didn't in all honesty, they didn't renew my contract. I, I'd been there for a while and also was going through some personal challenges. Okay. In, in all honesty. So I just, I couldn't live up to my full, full potential. Um, sure. And, and, um, I got the message when my contract wouldn't be renewed. So I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, incidentally, that was the day my contract ended too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, so I went back to, to, to the mad panel room. I was like, well, guys, I guess I don't see you anymore. And, and, uh, my good friend, Nick said, you know what? I have, I think I've got something for you. My friend, uh, Charlie is a VFX soup and he's looking for a VFX art director. I'm like, oh, okay. really? So, um, they were doing the television series, um, Spartacus. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Okay. Like yeah. A very yeah. bloodthirsty, uh, and, and, and sexy show, whatever. Um, in Auckland, uh, Rob Tappert um, was producing that. He He's the original producer of um, The Evil Dead, you know, and then he yep. did Army of Darkness, and, and uh, he did Xena and Hercules and all that. And he was yeah, one of yeah, the yeah. first people, or he actually started, was the first one producing in New Zealand, because Xena and Hercules were shot yep. in New Zealand. And yep. all the people I'm working with right now, the production side, they, you know, the, the older goats, so to say, they all have their roots in, in Hercules and Xena. So that's, that's really somebody who also should be mentioned next to Peter Jackson is Rob Tappert, who uh, um, started producing, well, before Peter did, I guess, or, in, 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 or maybe at the same time, but in Auckland. Right. And... Uh, and established the industry there. So he did Spartacus, and and uh, they were looking for. It was the th third season. They were looking f for for a, a visual effects art director because they shot it all on green. They never went down outside. It was all shot in studio. So they needed okay. an enormous amount of of material and and control over what what would uh, be um, in those shots. And we had episodes. You know, between two hundred was a small episode. I think the 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 series finale had a thousand shots in one episode and, and for 2012 that wasn't bad you know for tv it was uh it's a lot um, for tv yeah and also you know you made compromises but but it you know we, we did our best right and so i went from from mad painting and being all downtrodden found myself you know in a helicopter shooting photographs uh over the white island which is a volcanic island um in front of 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 the coast and right. so for me, actually, it was a an epiphany because as as much as I I love being a matte painter and all that, I'm a bit of a I like doing more than that. No, not that I've mastered matte painting, haha, <laughs> not at sure. all. But uh, my interest is also in photography, and I do have a background in photography, yeah. and um, and also being finally on the production side, and and you know what an eye opener that is. And mm -hmm. so it was for me, I was really lucky that out of this kind of uh, not that easy situation, I, I, yeah, landed there. And, 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 and my boss, Charlie McClellan, who was also one of the founding people of, of Weta Digital in the very yeah. early days. I think he was around for the Frighteners and things like that. Um, right. He's from, 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 from the States was a, a, a great a great boss and, and, and 
we really found which which areas I could fill in and 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 he, he also once again taught me a lot and, and was really generous with um, yeah helping me fulfill that role and what a visual effects art director does is I mean it's depends on the production you know but but basically when you're a visual effects artist and, and you work on a shot and it's like how is how is this supposed to look why are we you know that is there any reference you know and then you open up a directory somewhere on the server and you have 800 pdf files that are just like construction drawings that you don't know um what what to look at um there was always a a, a disconnect between production and post-production um where the production designer you know designs the show and and then once the shooting is done they usually let him go or her go and Post-production is left with a directory full with stuff that, you know, n nobody knows what to do with. So uh, as a visual effects art director, you advise, I would say there's a post role, but there's also a production role, which I've just done. Um, but the post role is that you're still on um, in production, you, you interact with the art department and, and you're the conduit between the art department and the visual effects department and try to have that information flow as good as it can and also you're responsible for doing an interpretation from the art department to the visual effects department what is relevant and right. and and trying to filter that out and it's um it's it's mostly a, a also as it was on spartacus and and then in some it's a communications role you mm -hmm. really um have to know where to go in the art department and you know, it's, it's very own animal and and <clears throat> find the right information and and also know what is important and what is important for the time when the art department doesn't exist anymore you know right. so i always um compared it's a stupid but making preserves for the cold winter you know when they need it and you can break it open say oh sure. it's good that i took 2,800 photos of that set because now we need it or other right. things. So um, I always uh, also did shoot a lot of reference with, with a visual effects eye, but not texture reference, but a bigger reference, you know, and and, sure. and, 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 and Lego bricks that you can uh, then, you know, it's like, oh, they changed the script. Now we need to reconstruct this, um, that you have enough material. Of course, now you have photogrammetry and if it's a big show, you know, um, a big vendor comes in and scans everything, the whole stage, including the toilets. You know, you can do it all. But but for for um, Spartacus, it it was a quite wide role and and communication and getting the visual input into the into the department. Right. And um, I did that role again for a TV series called Marco Polo. Uh, oh yeah. It was a net, 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 yeah. Netflix show. So we we shot five. It's a great months. show, actually. It's a really good show. Yeah, it was, you know, it got the, the, the two-season treatment by Netflix, and yeah. then it kind of kind of went away. I, I think it was it was pretty good. It yeah. was really good. Yeah, I love Marco Polo. Yeah. And we shot in, in Malaysia. Uh, Pinewood uh -huh. um, sold their studio system, and they built uh, Pinewood Malaysia. It's just above, was just above Singapore. And there were brand new stages that we moved into, and it uh, was a really interesting time in Malaysia, too. And so I gained like five kilos because I love the food so much. <laughs> it was terrible. And nice. uh, yeah, they were, um, it was a, 
a nice experience. And then, then the, the year after we shot uh, in Hungary, they went to Hungary. Oh, nice. Yep. And uh, which was also nice on a personal note because uh, my mom. Right next to Austria. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom had, had cancer. And, uh, oh, sorry. So I didn't spend one, one weekend in Budapest. I just jumped in a train on a Friday night and drove to Vienna. I think it's about two hours. Mm-hmm. And and spent the weekends with her and, and it was good because that was the most time I got to spend with her, because mm-hmm. ever since I had left Austria and ever since she died in two thousand seventeen, so um, lucky that way. So when I think of right. Hungary, I always think about her. But it was a it was a good production, and uh, also what I started there, which we get into then is um, it was two thousand fifteen. I I had a drone. And I started doing photogrammetry of locations oh, nice. already okay. just um, that, that that helped me out, really. It was still, I think, what did I use? I think it was um, Photoscan. Um, and there was still a GoPro on it. You know, it was it was a smaller production. And every initiative that I did, I paid for myself, basically. And it was me, you know, <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. else. But um, that's where I went like, ah, oh, this is this is pretty cool. So you can basically take a chunk of location and take it home and work with that. Yep. And that's what, I, that's what I did a lot with the current project, um, not only. So um, what I'm still working on right now is uh, the big Amazon project that uh, they did in New Zealand Got with, it. Uh, with a um, franchise that is quite known in New Zealand is quite known for yes, it. So yes, it's, it's yes. the Lord of the Rings TV series. We can't say that. Yeah. I, I think I have to be fairly careful with, with what I say, as, as you know. Sure. With, you don't have with, to tell me a thing. <laughs> no, I, but, I think it's... We, we can talk a little bit about the procedure and all that without right. going into any specifics, uh, but it was the thickest NDA I've ever signed. Right. Um, and uh, it was... A, I started uh, September 2019, so it was a... I haven't been on a job for that long as a freelancer in, in forever, sh- wow. ever since I went freelance. Wow. And it was really an amazing experience, though. Um, wow. Through a turn of circumstances, I did not end up in the visual effects department, as I usually did, but in mm-hmm. the art department. Oh, nice. Okay. And that was... First, I'm like, I'm like oh, I hope this is going to work out, but... Um, it was amazing because I got to learn all the art department stuff, right? Stuff, procedures, and and just what the art department is, and and sure. And you know, if you haven't been in a department, you kind of think you kind of know what it is and all that, but you don't know all the minutia and and uh, the terminology and, and and just how it works. You know how uh, how. Um, the the sets are created and it's also where uh, i met a lot of architects again or or ex-architects right. and uh-huh. and then really interesting so i get to work with with um set designers and with with the art directors uh guiding them and i i, I insisted to sit with the art directors they were like oh you want a dark corner somewhere i'm like no no i guess i'm an art director so i want to sit with the art directors which mm-hmm. is a decision uh, that really paid off because i could just see how they work and yeah. And um, hopefully, you know, make friends with them and, and help them out. And, and that's what I tried doing. And it, it took the first couple of months to find my footing because yeah. uh, they're like, great, you're here. Um, what now? <laughs> so, um, but what what ended up being is that I, I worked mostly for 
the production designer, mm -hmm. um, Ramsey, who, who was a great guy. He the the uh, there was a bit of a change of guard, um, and he basically came in four months late and then had to catch up the whole time. Um, because another person had left the position and, and he came in. So he, I, I don't think he ever slept. He was just on fire. And um, he first was a, um, I just showed him what I could do. So I did some, some concept art and, and then I started um, already. I, I use um, Adobe Medium a lot for like organic, organic sculpting and all that. <clears throat> right. Which is a great tool. And uh Pretty soon, Orzel started, pretty much two years ago, started introducing Unreal into our workflow. And um, that worked really well. So mm -hmm. what we ended up doing then, and, and I ended up, we were four people in, in the end. That was, was my team. Um, I would go on, on Rekis and all that, and, and then come back and, and scan the location, and then take that back. We'd, we'd put it in Unreal, you know, we get all the other elements and, and you get a, a full preview of your set. You have the time of day and then also start building the visual effects extension around it. So you have now that flow I described before from the art department to visual effects in a much more concrete way. And, and, and I guess that this is uh, where I stopped going into detail. But um, I thought it, it worked really well. Um, and I learned a lot. I also um, went in the third cohort of, of the um, Unreal Fellowship. Oh, yeah, you were on the then, fellowship. Yeah. Yeah, um, which was basically I kind of tried to get in. It didn't work out, and then I... Two days before I started, I got the go-ahead. I said, oh, no, we can't take you in with this one. So I had to tell everybody that uh, I... I, I said I would work half days, which, which I did. And also, it's a West Coast timeline, so but I was in New Zealand, so I had to get up at 4.30 um, to, for the first lessons. And then I, right. I would do the lessons, and then we would do lab. And then mm -hmm. around noon, I would go to work. And then I'd, I'd, I'd work on the production till like 7 at night, come home, work on the project again, and wow. then somewhere go to sleep. At the end, I was like, oh, I can't wait till this is over. But yeah. it was it was a really cool experience. Um, it, it it supercharged my abilities and my understanding. Yeah, it was also beneficial for our production, I think. And and uh, with that, you know, um, massive download that I received. And, I mean, do you and, think that there's? That, do you think that because you know, obviously, what you've done with Unreal, and obviously some of the things that you've done both as a visual effects person and as an art department, do you think there's going to be a blend? Or the blurred, there's blurred lines between art departments and visual effects now, much more because of tools like that that are that are coming into play. I would say so, um, technically, but the, the 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 function of an art department is is a bit different than visual effects. They're really constructing things, and and mm -hmm. a production designer designing a world is quite. A different animal than just not just, but then then on the visual effects side, you know, visual right. effects is is very plate centered. Whereas right. if if you're on the production design side, you'll still have sets, and there there's a functionality that we never think have to think about. It's like this wall needs to come out. It's like that's <laughs> right. great that you made this, but where where's the crew coming in? Right. You need to get the scissor lift in there. It's like you put right. a rock in the way. Great. Um, 
so of course with with whole virtual production and all this will blend but there will still be you know as we know um the the led volume is no magic wand and no magic no, bullet. No, no, no. you know that's that's so there will if you can build a set or at least foreground and all this, this will then yep. be done by a production designer because there are so many rules that visual effects people never encounter. Sure. And and just because they're not exposed to it and they don't have to. But so that blending, of course, it's going to come close. I think what I'm working on right now and what kind of my desire is to develop a workflow where nothing gets thrown away. Because quite often, you know, things get worked out, then they get handed off, it gets lost, and like, oh, let's reinvent the wheel again, because, you know, it's sure. the person who did it before is not here anymore. So to really have a, a, a flow of design, you know, you start out with some loose sketches, then you do blocking, then, you know, it goes to a concept artist who's using the same thing, it comes back, and that asset ideally should travel all the way into visual effects production we kind of managed it on 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 this side recently but to have the opportunity to go in and and you know before the production starts and and say hey this is what we're gonna try i think would be would be very good i i think it would be beneficial for both sides um in in uh creating some shortcuts and also getting a, a loop you know if, if yeah feedback if um something doesn't work for visual effects they can still kick it back in in the previous phase and say hey can you guys do this you know and if this is a common um pipeline and 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 and, and um structure that would be enormously beneficial sure that uh, also i think you there's i mean if you just look at what what's being created in the art department how much art and how much information is created and and how a lot of it um i'm not blaming anyone that's just how it you know but how a lot of it gets lost often because of whatever reasons no no nobody says oh we don't care about the artwork it's just it's you know uh production is a mad battle so sure and if, if you can channel that a little bit better i think that that would be really good and uh, people are doing this already it's not like that it's I came yeah. up with this, but I, I would like to be part of something with the experience I, I just had and, and still having to really get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting, Peter. It's very exciting what you're doing. Uh, it's also awesome to see you again, man. You, you ha By the way, you haven't changed at all in 20 years. You look exactly the same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. So uh, it's really great to see you and, and to talk about that. We've been over an hour, but... It's an incredible history that you gave us, this amazing lesson that I've learned uh, and amazing people you've been around. And, uh, and uh, it's really kind of cool. I think what you're doing in the art department is fascinating. I can't wait to see uh, where, where that's going to go. And I really can't wait to see this big Amazon show whenever that happens <laughs> come out. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's coming. It's coming. I, yeah, I think it's going to be big. It uh, yeah. was a... Uh, quite an experience working on it and and as i said just a fantastic team and, for sure and and to be able and also being given the freedom to tackle something like this you know the production designer might have said no i'm not interested or whatever but he he really embraced it and then also in conclusion all that stuff went also to visual effects so now i'm now on the visual effects side and yeah. a, a lot of the stuff that we worked out we're we're using now on this side and then it helps helps us forward and yeah and, and you and know about it, more coherent mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you, you know where it came from, right? It has, you, you understand the motivation behind what the decisions were made, right? Exactly, because it, it's, it's one thing I also wanted to say in contrast, you know, when, when you're just a visual effects artist and like as a matte painter and you paint and yeah, I, I think I knew everything, or oh, I did the shoot it this way and all this, you know, you have no idea uh, before, you, before you go out and, 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 and get to look in, in, in some some other spot. So I'm, I'm really thankful that I that I got to do this. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll see yeah. where it goes next. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, Peter. It's awesome talking to you. Great seeing you, Chris. Well, really, thanks for thanks for uh, hitting me up for that. It was uh, um, nice to reminisce a little bit. And uh, I'll be I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs>